Hey dudes, welcome to The Spin Podcast. I'm Reggie, and today's episode is featuring queercore British band Shopping, and this is recorded at the Echo in Echo Park. Hi, this is Everything Everything. This is Roddy from Idlewell. You're listening to The Spin. You're listening to The Spin. Hi everybody, this is Juan Waters. This is Chassie. We are Napier. You're listening to The Spin. With Reggie. Alright, so, how do you want to start the story? <laughs> podcast listeners. I'm um, currently sitting on a farm in northern England, Stoke-on-Trent to be specific, and I've got a bit of a cold, so I apologize about the raspiness of my voice, um, sounding like a teenage boy right now, but I've been here for about the last week, week and a half. Um, we've been bouncing around from London and then to Stoke, and we got to attend actually one of the cool festivals around here called Latitude Festival. It's uh, located in Suffolk. I think they call it Suffolk. <laughs> and man, what an amazing weekend that was. This was one of the first festivals I got to really just like enjoy and not work. And also one of my first festivals in the UK. I came from the scorching LA heat. I believe when I had left, it was about 117 to quote unquote the driest summer the UK has ever experienced. I say quote unquote because I I believe that nothing will surpass 117 Fahrenheit degrees. But I came and it's been hot actually. Um, so it's really nice to be up north and experience some mist. And I still haven't seen any rain, which is insane. But um, but it's been it's been nice to get away from hot LA. So I think some of my highlights from the festivals were Alt J, Parquet Courts, Always or Always. I still haven't figured out how to properly pronounce that band name. And the preoccupations were. Amazing amazing. Um, The Killers ended up headlining, so that made my inner 17-year-old girl cry happy tears for uh, Brandon Flowers. Then the star of the weekend was cool, contemporary, queen, Solange. She just ended up killing the stage. She was absolutely so composed and angelic, and her voice just sounded exactly like her recording, so it was a real, real magical weekend. I also got to see legend Lee Scratch Perry, which was very interesting. I'll put it like that. I mean, he's someone that I grew up listening to, thanks to my parents, but it was uh, was interesting to see him live. He's a little bit older now, but yeah, he still performed I just really enjoyed how Latitude had so many layers to it. During the downtime when there wasn't any interesting musical acts going around, there was a whole section of the festival dedicated to comedy or arts and crafts. You can even cool down and go swimming at the lake. I was a bit worried because I noticed a lot of families, parents, and kids while we were setting up our tent. And the festival organizers perfectly balanced a kid-friendly slash like adult fun setup. It was a real treat and we're hoping next year the spin can cover it for 2019 so it's funny how things kind of work themselves out and interviewing today's guest a few weeks ago in LA I didn't think I would only be a few hours drive away from them today's guest is British post-punk trio or as they like to refer to their genre as queercore shopping they came to LA to perform at the Echo and Echo Park all the way from Glasgow and London shopping formed back in 2012 and they're signed under Fat Cat Records Rachel Billy and Andrew met in London and now alternate from London and Glasgow, which is a seven-hour drive from one another. They got introduced to their music through a previous guest on The Spin, Montreal band called Ott. 
and I think they had been touring with them the year before. I think my favorite part of this job is being introduced to new music and new bands. It's almost like a music adventure, and Ott had mentioned to me that I have to see Shopping Live. So that's what I did. I caught them during their Pride tour, given that June was Pride Month. Literally seconds from getting to the Echo and driving down from SF. They had just gotten back from San Francisco after performing one of the biggest Pride festivals alongside Evelyn Champagne King. I was especially excited because I love what shopping represented. Beautiful LGBTQ musicians that were showcased as one of the seven bands bringing queerness back to punk by thefader.com. And I got to chat about their experience through touring during Pride Month and their Pride tour. So this is shopping and we're chatting in the back of the Echo. I hear you talking. So I'm here with Andrew and Rachel, and they're here from shopping. How are you guys doing today? Great. Great, thank yeah, you. Thank you. Hanging in there? Yes. yes. Just, yeah. just about. Yesterday we were, I was actually hanging, but today I feel <laughs> fine. All right. Well, um, welcome to LA. I know this is the fourth time that you guys have performed here, but this is the second time at the Echo. Is there is there some something you need to do when you get in LA or is it just performing? Like in and out is in and out in your in your um, records for stopping by in LA? Um no. Um We've not been really. There. We like to go to every single fast food chain that we can. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, we've been to many. What's your favorite? We went to Denny's last night actually at about like one in the morning. That was it was the only place that seemed to be open on the stretch of road that we went to. Not that we don't love Denny's, but it was For the only place that was open. it was kind open. of a mistake, because trying to eat a burger in the van in complete pitch black is, like, really <laughs> unpleasant. Yeah. You're just, like, grabbing at random pieces of food. Yeah, people pay a lot of money for that experience, you know, like you do? Yeah. eating yeah, in the dark, like that kind of haute cuisine stuff or whatever. And this was, like, you know, made, made it an experience. I got to say, Denny's, as an American, I hate that... It comes inconvenient. Sometimes, like, um, for Christmas Day, it was open, and me and my partner were lost somewhere up north, and we ended up having to eat at fucking Denny's at, like, 1 a.m. because we were starving. <laughs> so it's, like, unfortunately, it does, especially for you guys, since you guys are touring traveling around, Denny's is going to be, I think, your savior around the States. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys experienced all the fast food here. Yeah. But, um, so you guys are from Glasgow and London, which is pretty far apart from each other. Yeah. I was curious what the, how that works. Um, who lives where and how do you guys, how did you guys get to meet since you guys are so far from each other? Well, um, it's kind of a recent thing that we've been in different countries because I moved to Glasgow two and a half years ago and that was just after a long American tour. I think I moved straight to Glasgow. And then Rachel has just moved there a couple of months ago. So now the two of us are in Scotland, but Billy is still in London. Um, so maybe we're still, like, working it out, kind of. But um, at this stage, we just get together to write and practice before a tour. And we just kind of, like, block that out. So either me and Rachel will go down to London for, like, a week and just do, like, a week of solid practice. Or, uh, you know, Billy will come up to Glasgow and we'll set a week aside we're quite lucky that with our various jobs and no jobs situation that we can like do that we can set aside yeah. a week and make yeah. it work but um yeah that's what we do how far is glasgow away from london um it's like a seven hour drive 
Yeah. It's yeah. It's if you get, far. you can get, actually get a plane, um, but then you've got to deal with like going through security and stuff. But you're actually in the air for like an hour. It's hardly uh, a flight at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it's and usually that's really cheap. But you have to deal with going through an airport. Yeah, and security, TSA, and all that. Leaving a carbon footprint like no man's business. <laughs> I but know. The, the train is good. It takes about half a day. It takes like four hours, five hours on a train. So, uh, Rachel, since you've moved up there and you've lived there, does that mean that you guys prefer Glasgow over London? No hatred towards London. I know we can't <laughs> say that, uh, but still, it's like, do, honestly, do you prefer it? You're shaking your head yes, but you're not saying... I think, I mean, I think, yeah. Um, I really love being in London. I wouldn't trade the time that I spent there for the world, but it became untenable for me to live there anymore. And I still, th I mean, I miss the people, but I don't miss the city as much. I didn't, like, yeah. fall in love with the city as much as I did the people and the music and the community um, that was happening there. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm in a, a place now in Glasgow that I'm really happy with, and I really like the city, so... Yeah. yeah, I would say same. I mean, I think I spent very formative time in, in London and it was it's always been really punishing as a place to live, just like really a struggle. Just, just like any city like L.A. or New York. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think New York has a lot of parallels and people that I know there have very similar experiences. Yeah. And some people are just totally, you know, they're just total legends and they manage to make it work and they're really important because they keep the punk scene alive but I just was exhausted after a while. Oh, <laughs> I was yeah. like 10 years there, and, um, yeah. and also it changed a lot in those 10 years, yeah. um, like really, really fast. Um, and yeah, just it's really great to live somewhere. Like Glasgow has just got an amazing music scene. It's much smaller, but yeah. it's like people can actually exist there and they're not like... Not, not stressed and have to live with those like big yeah. city I mean, problems. People are still struggling because <laughs> everybody does, but yeah. it's just a little bit more feasible. You kind yeah. of fit your lifestyle around your parameters. It's like the, the kind of fish tank mentality, like you grow to the space that you're in. So you can make you can make Glasgow stressful <laughs> if you wanted to. <laughs> that can happen. Um, but you can also exist there part time, uh, working part time, and like you can, you know, make rent doing that there still. Yeah. Depending where you're about you live, but yeah, it's possible, which is just not the case in London. Yeah. Um, you have to get really creative to live in London. We had some like really yeah. weird living situations. The oh. seven years that me and Rachel were <laughs> both in London, <laughs> we like yeah we shared a bedroom, two single like cot beds <laughs> in a converted garage. Um, we lived in a, a building that was due to be demolished um, illegally. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we should. And there was that. like no power. <laughs> I mean, no one's gonna stop fine. you. I think it's, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Eventually, it, like, it did get demolished, but we the weren't thing living about there. about that is like that wasn't even a squat. Like that's the kind of place that should have been a squat in London. Yeah. But things like the laws changed in the time that I lived there. Yeah. The laws changed so that squat, squats were like really difficult to actually do and people getting evicted all the time and then all these like it's i guess it's similar here like yeah oh totally yeah. um yeah like landlords try to cash in on people like wanting yeah. to live in weird spaces so it's like it's crazy to think that we were actually were paying rent in that yeah. place yeah, that had you no get, electricity like get conditioned <laughs> to like because in london like oh it's such a, it's a great deal i'm paying 200 pounds a month wow that's amazing 200 pounds a month yeah there's no electricity there's no running water the toilet doesn't work uh, yeah, yeah. 200 pounds a month though and i guess being like traveling musicians as well all at the end of a tour all you want to do is just go home and have like a comfortable living situation yeah. and it's yeah. like 
like in London it's really rare to do that yeah I think I started like recently as it started to make a bit more sense for me to do music full time and I don't have a day job yeah. I started to think like oh how can I like is this actually sustainable do I really want to do this like yeah. as my job and like it, in Glasgow that feels feasible because yeah I can come home when I am home it's really nice <laughs> whereas in London it was like as soon as I got home like there was some crazy thing happening like, like what the fuck is in the toilet <laughs> yeah I was being kicked out of my house or something like yeah, you that. got to like hustle immediately yeah, they're trying yeah. to like just, get another really part time job so hard and yeah. now it feels like oh okay this could be a job maybe <laughs> and it's kind of sweet that I get to interview you guys because you guys are currently one band right now shopping but it's like you guys have between you and Billy and everyone, it's like five bands, right? What are the bands that you guys work, what are your side projects and so I know there's, I think there's like five, I counted, I'm not sure, I'm sure there's more, but. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in three, including shopping and you're in just. Three including you're in three. shopping. <laughs> What's the first? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are the bands? No one's paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since Trash Kit played. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's true. Actually, yeah. They, we are still a band. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm in a, another band called Trash Kit and one called Sacred Pause. Um, I'm in a band called Azondas, and I'm in a band called Current Affairs. What about Billy? Billy. Billy plays in a band called Wet Dog, um, who have not played for a long time because all the members moved to different countries, um, but. They are still technically still, a band. Yeah, uh, they yeah, never yeah. really broke up. So. Yeah, and they've been going for a long time and were like a huge inspiration on me when I started making music. So we used to, that's kind of how I met Billy. Oh, okay. Not kind of, it is yeah. how I met <laughs> Billy. I've had too much coffee now. Yeah. <laughs> and um, does that ever interrupt any of your like conflict scheduling with touring, especially being in so many different projects? Um, and none of them, for me, none of the other bands are as busy as shopping. So shopping does a lot more than current affairs or as on us. Also, with those two bands, I'm, uh, they're with people that have either really, really big uh, commitments. Current affairs, for instance, uh, Joan is a full-time teacher for like primary school kids. Oh, awesome. So that's like pretty um, during the week. No. no, like you know, touring unless it's the summer holiday period. So that kind of like has a. a a time where current affairs can work is over the uh, holiday times mm. and my other band Azondas is also split between London and Glasgow the um, guitarist has moved to Glasgow too but the drummer she has uh, one baby and another one on the way yeah. so um, yeah playing music with people that have like pretty heavy commitments so shopping is the one that does most stuff but it works yeah yeah I guess like I sometimes it doesn't work for me like sometimes it's like stressful and things clash but I'm working on it and I I try to balance it in a way that's like one band's recording whilst another band is like touring or like writing or and so that like I can be away and then come back and do recording and then go away with a different band or yeah. but it's yeah it's quite difficult but at the, at the moment it's working because it means that I don't have another job which is the dream for me so yeah, yeah that's more than full-time in music huh yeah. and you actually Andrew have a record label I saw and so does Billy right so me and Billy yeah so I, I started a label in 2009 just to put out like tapes of uh, bands from you know the kind of queer and feminist punk scene in the UK and I was doing that for a long time until we released our 
shopping's first um, record. And when we did that, um, me and Billy teamed up to do the label together. Um, got that record out, did a couple more records, Emotional, Joey Four and Total Leverette. And now I'm taking a back seat at it because moving to Glasgow um, with my, yeah, two other bands on the go, uh, working in a bar and doing all the other various projects, I just thought like releasing other people's records, it wasn't, I wasn't able to give as much attention to it. Yeah, I know. That's but always a struggle. Label. So Billy, it's called Milk Records and Billy is still um, running it. So there's a there's another Milk Records, right, in there's Melbourne. Courtney yeah. Courtney Barnett's yeah. got um, a label called Milk with an exclamation mark. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, very yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so different. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm sure the lineup for the music is so different too, because they're they're very like keen on just like Australian acts as well. So it's like it sounds yeah. like you guys have a whole different ball game. Which it's is quite really indie. Their label mm-hmm. is quite indie. It is a lot bigger than Milk, but um, mm-hmm. like our Milk Records, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, our one was around first. Yeah. Just so, <laughs> not trying to Sorry, say Courtney. That. Courtney, you know, took that, you know. Don't know if she really researched Milk Records before she titled it, but yeah. The exclamation mark, you know, speaks volumes. It changes, it changes everything. But yeah, no, I think it's quite different. It's yeah. also, yeah, it's a world away, you know. It's like Australia and our Milk Records is based in London. Yeah. Um, releasing completely, like, completely different stuff, but yeah. 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 It's quite a few different milk. There's already a, a third Milk Records as well, which is like a dance music label, what? which is completely different. Oh, really? Did they add like a period at the end of the milk? Yeah, they have to do something. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure what they did. <laughs> like, they did like quotation marks or something. I, yeah. I do admire how you guys are, are busy bees like that, and I feel like for something that you're passionate about, like music, you do have to do. Unfortunately, like the real, like I, I struggle with this as well. I have to, like, I love doing podcasting and interviewing and everything but it's like unfortunately in real life I have to like work another side job and another side job and again that comes with living in a city like this so it's really cool to like hear that you guys are doing the same thing and you guys are traveling musicians and everything so it's like we're on the same fucking boat and that makes me feel (laughs) great um so you guys are currently signed under fat cat records right yeah, they're based yes. in Brighton, and they have like a, an American, a New York, yeah, a New York base as well. So yeah, they've uh, they licensed and released the first album that we put out for the states because it never really got an American release, uh, and they've subsequently like done the um, two records that we've done after that as well. Yeah, and um, how does what's the process with getting signed with a label like that? Do they scout you guys or do you guys approach them? I've always been curious because I I used to work at a record label, but I, we never the roster was a roster and I was I was curious like from the musician side how that works I'm not sure I don't know if there is like a a, a set way there definitely I isn't I'm sure it's like an unwritten rule <laughs> that you do not oh okay that you so, do uh, not this is news to me let's hear the unwritten <laughs> rule see, let's see wow. I know that there are exceptions but I'd say the unwritten rules you do not approach a label they approach you but a good story I remember hearing was that um do you remember Marnie Stern, the guitarist? She doesn't really make music at currently because I think she's having a baby or something. Yeah. But um, she's something ma- amazing. Like <laughs> something I don't know. What is it that people do? Raising a family know. or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Popping out children. Um, anyway, um, apparently she's the only artist that like, or one of the few artists that Kill Rock stars signed because she sent a demo, and the demo is amazing. I have it on tape. They released it on tape as well. Um, and then, like, the album is, like, much, like, better produced and Bigger, stuff, but yeah. the demo is incredible. And I, I was like, oh, that's actually really cool. You could 
you could send a demo and then and a label could sign you if the music was really good but i'd say like the unwritten rule is well it used to be like that music industry has changed so much and i feel like like back in the day in the 90s and like the 80s used to send your demos out and now it's so different you you were on the other side you worked with the record label what do you think is the appropriate measures on your side for us we i mean we were so small and had such limited we are so small and have such limited budget um uh that yeah we only wanted to do same for me when i was doing it by myself and when we teamed up me and billy we just wanted to do stuff that we really believed in because if we were going to put that much effort in and that much money and that much time uh when it wasn't really our job we were kind of like it was a project of you know based in passion and really loving the stuff that we released then we had to like really like the the band and the music so everything that we've put out has either been like a huge uh personal love of mine or billy's and we've both agreed that the music was worth putting out and needed to get put on vinyl or or cassette or whatever that's cool to listen to being passionate about something and then seeking out the bands i mean i would say that we never uh, yeah people do send us stuff even though we're like a tiny tiny label Mm -hmm. we do get like we did used to get like a lot of links to demos and people would want to like post cds and stuff um yeah i think on our level like with one release a year like one record of the year um it's all about the stuff that we we know we love already kind of stuff that we found um yeah but with fat cat they did yeah they came and it was the same i guess they came and found us they, oh, nice. that's flattering yeah, yeah. especially <laughs> seeing the roster that they've worked with it's amazing that like you guys are a part of that now yeah 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 it was it was really cool i think um we had met some people that worked with fat cat before at our gigs they were friends with uh, friends of ours so they were coming to shows and i think that's how they got to know our music and then we were hearing like oh you know your record's on in the office all the time um uh, and eventually I'm just, yeah. you're like don't fucking tell me that, yeah. <laughs> don't tell me that. <laughs> eventually you know it, it transpired that we worked something out but yeah um that's that's i guess i would say it doesn't they say fat cat do say that they listen to everything they get sent oh, they have like a yeah. demos um department where they they put online all of the stuff that they get sent that they like Mm -hmm. uh, under their like fat cat demo um uh, handle yeah yeah so they have this thing that they listen to everything that they get sent so that's cool like a john peel kind of label so you're going to be playing at the echo tonight in echo park in la for your pride tour and you guys were recently in san francisco for a huge pride festival um how was it sharing a stage with legend Evelyn Champagne King. How was that? She's amazing. She's incredible. Is she as much of a diva and like fucking fabulous as I'd like to think? And Uh, more. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I would say, yeah. She's a sweetheart as well. It was really, really awesome. She was really, really nice. Yeah. Yeah. My middle name is actually Evelyn, so I was very excited to meet her. Um, Perhaps, you know, maybe named after Evelyn. Uh, Yeah, I think so. I think so. Maybe it was like subconscious, you know, (laughs) my family. but, but yeah, she, she I, was amazing. She was. I fantastic. was very impressed. Like she's like twice my age and has twice the energy that I had on stage, and she was really like going for it oh and yeah. working the crowd so well. And yeah, it was and really voice good incredible. Yeah, like not voice? A, not a note changed since like the records came out on vinyl. Like they, she sounds exactly the same as she did when she. She was saying she was eighteen when the first record what? came yeah. out. So she's 
however long that's been, she's got the exact same voice. It's like <laughs> incredible. Yeah. So such a good performer, such an amazing talent. It was like so cool. It's also really cool to kind of share a stage with people that you like you have for years been like putting on compilations or like yeah. you know been really digging the music and like especially when it's disco or like dance music that has such a root in like queer culture to like share a stage with someone that's like an icon of that yeah i can only imagine yeah it's amazing and also just because it's such a huge like lgbtq community and it's like you guys are like i think one of the perfect indie bands for that kind of stuff and how was it kind of like playing such a massive stage for such an important event in San Francisco. It was a bit terrifying. Yeah, it was like a bit. Yeah. <laughs> it was absolutely dry heaves in the green rooms like oh. oh my god. It was cuz I think we did this thing like we were like oh do you think there's going to be many people there? And we're like oh let's not get our hopes up. Let's like imagine there's not going to be many people there. Which that was a really bad strategy I think cuz we got there and there was so many people like more oh it was the biggest show we've ever played so oh, wow. And it was awesome. like, and then we had to go on in like five minutes as soon as we got there. So we like hadn't processed it at all. It, it was really just on stage. <laughs> I really no like sound check, just like the stacked <laughs> lineup as well because we were like came on immediately after a um, big uh, like Vogue uh, ballroom um, group of dancers, like you know. Like fucking drop in and like hold that pose for me. All these like Vogue, Vogue dancers like working the stage and like really getting the crowd hyped and stuff. And then immediately after that, like a speaker came on that was this impassioned like talk about like who's been like involved in activism and politics for 20 plus years or whatever. And she was like very, yeah, very very impassioned and like really um saying important stuff and then we kind of come on with like our little twiddly diddly songs <laughs> and stuff <laughs> on this huge stage and like billy was so far over that way and rachel was so far to and the right like and there a was a runway yeah. as well there was like a and i had a radio mic and there's one song that we do where i don't play guitar so i was like okay i'm definitely going down the runway but it's one of those things where it's like I went down there and I was just like, oh my God, like, what do I do now? <laughs> like, what do I'm here? So and then I was like, out. I had to play the keyboard and I was like, oh my God, the keyboard is so far away. <laughs> Run back. <laughs> it's just like running. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. Yeah, it was didn't, a bit of yeah. like ad hoc comedy that happened because of that, but yeah. I didn't intend it to. But that's incredible. I think that's just such a huge step, especially for LGBT. It's like perfect because it's like pri your pride tour. You guys went to San Francisco, the mecca of like LGBTQ. <laughs> and then you guys played the like the big festival yeah, at yeah. Sanford that's incredible but um kind of it's a massive honor obviously to get asked it's really surreal though as well but we were just <laughs> in San Francisco like three months ago and uh, one of the organizers of Pride was at the gig so wow. that's how like we got this gig for like yeah. playing on the main stage was um because they came to our show in in San Francisco last time we were here um but yeah so surreal to be yeah. like up there and so, yeah, really fast. Just like two months ago or whatever, three months we were here and then we're back playing these huge shows. Yeah. Massive show in New York as well when we came. Yeah. Um, big party, so it's kind of... So next time you guys will be here in LA, it's going to be like, I'm going to be seeing you at a festival, hopefully, like a huge festival, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I uh, yeah. wouldn't say no. Well, congratulations. That's this whole tour, the West Coast side, and then the New York one seem incredible. And you guys released the official body that I've been seeing everywhere, promoted like in every music publication and everything. Where it was, I noticed the, the I'm, I remember albums by the cover. Mm. 
and you guys had like a float like water with an alligator i'm curious how you got that album cover i'm always curious how bands get their album covers in general but we actually had like a whole other plan the whole like artwork worked out in our minds that we were going to be you know trying to make happen which was like a a beautiful kind of like lake scene with like hyper popping colors like really bright greens and blues for the water and then a bright pink uh kind of like uh lilo do you know like a water the thing that you lie on in a pool yeah yeah, yeah. bright pink one with like a very like green lettuce kind of in the middle of the lilo just like relaxing. very descriptive here <laughs> it was so clear the like the, the, how it would work yeah. in this in this like the format the 12 inch cover like exactly looked great in our minds but then probably you know, quite a bit of work to try and stage that photo um and we eventually you know, came around to handing in artwork and we were told like okay we need the artwork like tomorrow oh, so what we did yeah. instead was go back and billy um looked through some of the photos that she'd taken when she was um traveling and this photo came up in her like uh, library that she at the time she says you know she took the photo and she knew it was meant for something <laughs> it was meant for something great uh, so when she went back and saw like it had almost everything like the bright green of the alligator the water that we liked about the original artwork idea and it just had a uh, something else like a bit of a a weird um kind of scary yeah. a little sinister yeah. yeah it really works with the idea of like the official body being like this kind of shadowy entity an official body and like terms of like government or like uh the powers that be that you don't really you can't put a face to that being quite sinister and quite like yeah shadowy so there's that big shadow of an alligator in there there's also like the actual alligator you just see its teeth and you don't see the rest of it mm -hmm. and there's also the shadow of billy taking the photo <laughs> yeah. and there's all these different types of bodies mm -hmm. there's like the body of water the body of the alligator the human body you see reflected in the pool yeah. um so yeah it just when we saw the photo, we were like, that makes... Yeah, it yeah. seems like it's been yeah. planned out. Like, we did it on purpose, wasn't it? Yeah. it Billy knew the whole time. <laughs> yeah, she great. does have a gift, actually. It's like the yeah. easiest artwork we've ever done. Yeah. Take, like, five minutes, that conversation. We're like, oh, yeah, cool, that's great. Yeah. Again, I'm not, I'm not saying the world is copying you, but Kanye did that after you guys, so there you go. Uh, uh. Not just, not just <laughs> as well. I've seen uh, someone else tagged us on Instagram. I, I'll say they shall remain nameless because I've actually <laughs> forgotten what artist it was. But there's someone who's done a green alligator lilo uh, album, or the cover of their single. Really? Um, we'll talk about that later. I'm curious. Yeah. <laughs> see where it is. I'll tr have to trawl back through the Instagram to see who tagged us in it. But yeah. So um, the the way that I was introduced to your music, I, I told you guys earlier, it was through art because they told me that I have to see you guys live when you guys get into town. They're like. They're one of the most incredible live bands. Like, they're exhausted, but you wouldn't even know on stage. And yeah. <laughs> We toured with them, so they know yeah. the truth. Yeah. <laughs> what's really going on backstage, yeah. And you guys have been touring with French Vanilla. That won't be here tonight, but you guys have done this whole Pride tour with them, right? Yeah. Um, and I got introduced through RVG to them. And it's almost like, I feel like I have a theory that the musicians that are traveling and kind of touring um, know what bands are the best that are currently around because you guys are surrounded by it whether you like it or not like yeah you don't always get to see them but you definitely know who's out there touring as well yeah. is there any s bands that are touring right now or out or like an indie alt band that you guys would like to introduce to the show yeah i mean speaking of like touring and you kind of know what bands are good like flasher are obviously going to be great 
I have not actually seen them, but we did tour when Taylor was in Priest. We toured with Priest, so we know Taylor quite well. So, and I've listened to the music. Obviously, I've seen the videos. But so Flasher on my list I'd really like to be able to catch them at some point we actually played South by Southwest at the same times as them and it was just kind of like always a clash yeah. but yeah Flasher I'm sure are great bands that we've played with um, Downtown Boys yeah. um, Gosh Gosh yeah members of Downtown Boys and Priests are both in that band mm-hmm. um, I'd say from Glasgow a band called Hair Band who've oh. only just done their first ever tour but I yeah. really hope that they do lots more because they're really really good yeah, they're releasing some records imminently yeah. on like some Glasgow labels. Hairband are oh, fantastic. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, lots of really cool bands from Glasgow. Not so many that are like touring outside. If you're in Glasgow though, you should check out like Vital Idols. Yeah. You should definitely check out Hairband, uh, Breakfast Muff, Comfort. Uh, Comfort, awesome. Yeah, there's a band called Public Service that are another. I've seen Public. Service. They sound amazing. They're really cool. So yeah. that's another like London and Glasgow. Um, Who would have thought there was distance. a ton of bands like that? Or like long distance? There is now. Yeah. I mean, there was. <laughs> it used to just be Rachel doing it. <laughs> Rachel's like running around. And everyone's like, oh, I got to do that too. Yeah, it was like, well, <laughs> Rachel can do it. Then, yeah, it's opened yeah. up a whole world of I possibilities. Said that everyone's like, okay, yeah. we can travel. Also, there's something about, you know, coming to America, lots of people in the States do out of necessity have like long distance, like cross state oh, bands. Yeah. People travel for like hours on end. People travel like for hours and hours just to come and see a band like oh, play yeah, a gig yeah. so know, that yeah. kind of commitment is really inspiring and when mm-hmm. after you've done that you've played with bands that are like separated by like five hours of driving <laughs> yeah. and it's kind of like what the hell like why yeah. why would I it be an issue it's more either? normal here than it is in the UK in the UK people are like oh why would you travel to go to see a gig or to play music yeah, yeah. but um but they should. They, yeah, should they should take <laughs> cues from what Americans yeah. and Canadian people are doing. North America have got it. From my experience... A, sorry, I just thought one more person. I know we've said loads, but one more person. Yeah. Um, Molly Nielsen, who's playing here. Yeah. Uh, when? Later in the Soon. month or next month? Oh. Like a, in a week or in a couple of weeks? The yeah. posters are up. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. She's amazing. She has some ties to Glasgow as well, um, just through releasing records and... Um, playing with people in, in Glasgow, but she is living in Berlin currently. Uh, but she's an amazing. As more most people from the UK move to Berlin, I've noticed that. I have my partners yeah. from the UK, and um, he, all his friends from London have moved to Berlin. And I was like, uh, I didn't know that was like the next step from London. <laughs> oh yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So after, so you guys have one more show for this tour, and it's going to be in Las Vegas. Are you guys heading right after this? Um, we're gonna we're staying um, tonight and going I guess quite early in the morning for the Vegas show uh, because we have been touring with French Vanilla and they're based in LA so we're gonna be they are like you know luckily able to get home tonight so they can have a night in their in their own beds uh, we're, we're gonna crash here and then we'll head to Vegas and then we you know maybe I mean Rachel's not up for it but stay up all night and then get the flight home from Vegas at like 9 a.m. so <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'll probably regret it. It's like a yeah. recipe for travel sickness. It's the last show, though. So I mean, I'm gonna just like you know pop a sleeping pill on that yeah. plane and like sleep the hangover right off. That's my plan. So um, after you guys get back home, what is the plan? Like, are you guys just gonna hang out for a little while, or is are you guys touring with your other side bands, or are you guys like rec- recording anything? Or um, I 
I've had like a couple days of just sleeping, I think. But then, um, yeah, then I'm doing some recording and I'm doing some shows and some festivals and stuff with my other oh. bands. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've got like, yeah, the same. Uh, I'll be getting back and immediately doing my the day that we land. I've got my karaoke night that I run once a month. I also do a drag persona that hosts karaoke once a month yeah, in yeah. Glasgow. So I made sure that I was back for that. And then probably working over the weekend and off again for some shows with the other bands. Um, but shopping's also got quite a lot coming up the rest of the year. Sporadic festivals in Europe um, and another tour coming back to the States in September. Oh, nice. We're playing Basilica and we're playing Hopscotch Festival. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Well, um, well, okay, so going back to the UK, what's the one thing that you look forward to the most, do you think? Um, I, I mean, I really have become more of a homebody now that I've got like a nice flat and, you know, I've got time to spend at home, which I never really had in London. In Glasgow, there's, there's slightly, you know, there's definitely less going on and you do get more space and more um, home comforts for your money in Glasgow. So I really enjoy my place right now. So I'm looking forward to kind of settling back in and just, just being being at home being a homebody for you know yeah same a while it's so boring but yeah totally yeah, <laughs> my yeah. bed i'm looking forward to my bed yeah, just <laughs> catching up on the tv that i've been missing <laughs> yeah Hand, hands me tell new season i've uh, i've actually gone back and started uh arrested development for the oh, first time yeah. right. i've never seen it before so oh. i'm starting from uh, season one I'm just finished season one now um, I'm also watching what got me into it is I'm watching Shit's Creek on Netflix which is people say is very similar to Arrested Development so I've gone back to watch that because I love Shit's Creek mm-hmm. so yeah binging TV okay yep. <laughs> and just your your bad alright guys well thank you so much I appreciate you taking the time and chatting and I know you guys are a little tired but I can't wait to see you live I mean Ott told me you have to see them live so I hope you guys yeah. you guys better perform yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's a lot of pressure <laughs> Big thank you to Shopping for taking the time and hanging out with us and having a cup of coffee in the chat in LA while they were performing at the Echo. And just for doing such an amazing job kicking ass on stage and seeing so many women in the pit was honestly cathartic to see and just being amazing role models for the queer core scene. We've compiled a Spotify playlist with some of Shopping's favorite bands and their side projects besides what they're currently doing with Shopping. You can find that Spotify playlist under the Spin Shopping playlist. It's the Space Spin slash Shopping Space playlist. Um, We're currently in the UK for the next month or so and would love to hear what indie alt bands we should be interviewing and getting to see live. Email us at thespinwithreggie at gmail.com. So that's T-H-E-S-P-I-N-W-I-T-H-R-E-G-G-Y at gmail.com or feel free to hit us up on our socials um that's the spin podcast for our facebook and instagram thank you so much for listening me blab on about music and i'll see you guys later so here's a closing song from shopping's latest album the official body and the song is called wild child